Um, we've been blessed with several incredible musicians and singers, but when they're not here, God blesses the faithful and allows angels to sing with them. Felt like that the heavenly choir just joined us today and took our praise and worship right into the throne of God. We have, the past three weeks, we've been looking at eight principles. I don't know if you remember the principles. There will be a test when this series is over, and we'll see how many of these principles uh, that you remember. But how many remembers the first thing that we talked about? Anybody? Something about vision? Something about keeping a vision in front of you? Yes. Very good. That, that's, that's in the Bible somewhere. I think, it's, I think it's Isaiah. Without a vision, the people perish. Excellent. The second truth that we're bringing to your attention is to run your race. Do it, do it your way. Be like Elvis. I did it my way. Do, the third that we shared last week in death, uh, anybody? Expect good things to happen. Uh, number four, what we're talking about this morning is to have a, help me, a positive, not a negative, positive mindset. We were taught that it takes twice as much room to think a negative thought than it does to think a positive thought. Yet the first thing that we do when we're born, some nurse slaps us on the butt and we cry. I mean, how, how, how cold is that? I mean, you don't see compliment departments in, in stores. You see complaint departments. So we are, we are a society that is built upon negativity. The fifth thing that we will be talking about maybe next week is anybody. Committed to excellence. Anything worth doing, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3.15. Sixth thing we're going to look at is to keep growing, keep growing. I remember, I don't remember if it was Mother's Day or what. Did we give the mothers an orchid Mother's Day? was an orchid. I'm so impressed. I have never been able to keep an orchid alive, but my mom has that orchid. It's got new leaves. It's going to, it's going to so it, it budded out once. Now it's going to birth again. Keep growing. If you know anything about perennials, if you have 15 or 20 daffodils and you leave them alone, next year you'll have 20 or 30 daffodils if you leave them alone. And then, Jerry, the year after just keeps going on and on. The perennials will keep growing. And that's what God wants us to do is to keep growing. I think the Apostle Paul, who wrote almost half the New Testament, made the statement, I have not yet apprehended. In other words, I'm not done. God's not done with me. But here are some things that I have learned along the way. Forget the, forget the past and reach towards the things that God has for us. The seventh thing that we will look at later in the month is to learn how to serve others, to be a blessing, to have that spirit of encouragement, that ministry spirit. As Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and he served them, so has God taught us how to serve one another. And the last truth that we will talk about later in the month is stay passionate. Stay passionate about your your goals, your gifting, your ministry. Stay passionate about worship. Stay passionate about your job. Uh, this, this, this morning, as we look at the principle of keeping a positive mindset, I wrote down a couple of things here that I want to bring to your attention. And one of the things I wrote down to begin this teaching this morning in Second Chronicles 20 and 20 is that if he did it once, he can and will do it again. That's why testimonies are so positive. The 1st of February, I will have been clean 37 years. Clean 37 years. That's crazy. Easter Sunday, I will celebrate 35 years of full-time ministry. And then John and Karen just celebrated 34 years of marriage. They've asked to have uh, 
some marital classes after service, and we'll work with them how we can go the next, the next 34, next 34 years. The Chronicles talks about. Well, let me let me just back up a little bit and stay here. Where if he if he in, in the area of your testimony, when you brag on what God has done and what God is doing, God who enjoys appreciation. He really does enjoy to be appreciated. It's okay to say thank you, Jesus. Okay to to, to praise Him for what He's done. I have learned the truth. I've it's not been a New Year's resolution, but this year I've decided that everybody that blesses me and encourages me, I'm going to let them know that I appreciate them. And some things happened uh, earlier this week. It's not important what happened, but there was a person involved here in ministry that's had a real rough time. Things of the bottom has fallen out of their boat. They came to do some work at the church, and I took just a moment yesterday and said, I really want you to know what you did was awesome. I really appreciated that. Teared up and said, thank you. That means a lot to me. Then I learned he's going to do something else Monday because of the appreciation. Now, I'm not telling Pastor Todd I appreciate him just so that he'll do more stuff for me, but it's, it, it might work. So they say that when you appreciate somebody, they'll do twice as much as expected. I appreciate every person in this building for their giving and their faithfulness and all the things that God has brought us through. And, you know, when you look back, when you look back on your testimony and you look back the, the red-letter days or the days of importance that you remember that you mark, you focus on, he's not the great I used to be. He's not the great I'm going to be. He is the great I am that I am. He's the God of the now. Now, Disneyland creates worlds from the past. Disney World creates lands from the future. And then Disney World creates fantasy worlds like it's a small world after all. And if you're going to it's a small world after all, all the, all the, all the countries of the world are in agreement, singing a song. They're all excited. I don't know if you've ever been there or heard the song, but usually come home mesmerized by that song. Why, three weeks later, take the share, and all of a sudden, it's a small world after all. It, see, he's, he's, not, he's not the great I used to be. He's not the great I'm going to be. He's the great I am that I am. And he's ever present in our life, walking the circuit of earth, looking for a people to bless and looking for a people that appreciates him. We have created a place today for God to sit. God is, the word worship is waiting. I saw it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a waiting that we have created a platform or we've created a chair for God not just to come and visit, but for God to take up residence with us and sit with us this morning and encourage us and bless us and strengthen us. And that's the, the corporate gathering is all about that. I have people say, well, I, I, I have a TV church. I, I, I send my tithe. I watch TV. I'm part of that church. And that's, that's completely contrary to the Word of God because the Word of God says, in the last days, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see that day approaching. Let me tell you something. We're living in a scary world, a scary society, a, a scary... When we start releasing terrorists, I mean, it's crazy, Guantanamo Bay, all that, all the things taking place. And it's scary that I have, a, I have a picture on my phone of Mr. Obama and his wife pledging allegiance to the flag like this. What's wrong with this picture? The heart's over here. Is that crazy? Is that crazy? Is like, is that is that, is that in defiance? Is that in rebellion? And, and what's that? What's that all about? So when 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 the nation that fears God refuses to fear God, calamity comes to that nation. But aren't you glad that there is a select? There's a church of Jesus Christ alive, and God has spared this nation because of our involvement in it. 
But one day when we're raptured out, all of hell is going to pour out of heaven upon this earth because of the way they treated the son Jesus. And people are going to call upon the name of God. They're going to try to commit suicide. They're going to go through seven years of great tribulation. But we aren't. Our, that should encourage somebody this morning that we are not going to see all those, all those days. Um, the state of California was really desperate when it came to talent during the day services of camp meeting. I'm setting this up for a reason. Camp meeting was all the preachers of the state came to Bakersfield, California for a four-day conference, mornings and nights. And nights, they had great singers, great choirs. But during the day, they just had the ones that wanted to be a great singer but really never made it, but they'd let them sing. So I was one of those guys that I got to sing and play my guitar right before the guy, the guy preached. I remember a song, and I'm not going to do it for you this morning because I think I've forgotten the word. Some, there's some reason why I'm not going to do it. But the song says, of things that I love and hold dear to my heart. They're just borrowed. They're not mine at all. Jesus only let them use them to brighten my path. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Roll back the curtains of memories now and then. Watch this. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember, I'm human and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Keeping a positive mindset is reminding one another and reminding God how good he is to us. In the Old Testament, there weren't journals or diaries or iPads or iPhones or tablets or any of that. But the great men of God recorded events of greatness on their staff. And they, again, they didn't have a diary or a journal but they would carve out different things that happened. That was, that was a memoir to them. And the word says that before J Jacob died, he leaned upon his staff and he worshiped. And if you were to look at the staff of Jacob, it would, it would have there on, in documentation that I was a rat. I deceived my father. I lost my relationship with my brother. But God came to where I was. He changed my name. He gave me two beautiful wives. He gave me this. He gave me all of that. He allowed Joseph to go into Egypt, bring all the family into the land of Goshen. All those things were carved on the top of Jacob's staff. And that's why the Bible says he leaned upon his staff and he worshiped. When David went to battle, I, I didn't, this was brought to my attention this morning. When David went to battle, not only did he take his sling, but he took his staff. And if David carved anything on that staff, he would have carved, today I killed a bear with my bare hands. Today, I killed a lion with my bare hand. And you see David getting ready to go to battle against Goliath because of the successes of yesterday. David just had a feeling that God was going to do it again. That song says he'll do it again. You may not know why. You may not know when. Hasn't he always come through for you? God never fails. It happened before. He'll do it. And, and God is saying that today. Whatever you felt like I did, you killed a lion, you killed a bear. Just wait till you confront the giant. Just wait till you confront the other, the great victories that I have for you. When I think about Moses, uh, obviously uh, Moses used his staff to throw it on the ground to, to portray the miracles of God. But if you could read the top of Moses' staff, it would remind you of how God spared his life. His sister put him in a bulrush. He was found by a princess. He was raised to be a king. Forty years, he messed up, killed somebody, goes into hiding, marries a beautiful wife, has children, comes back, leads the people of God into the promised land, saw the water flow from walks, saw the, the pillar of fire by night, heat, the pillar of cloud by day, air conditioning, saw manna fall from heaven, 
He saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And I believe all those things were on the top of his staff that reminded him how good God had been to him and how good God would continue to be to him. So those, those memories, that memorabilia, those are important every once, once in a while for us to reinforce what God has already done. He's still in the creating business. There's two scriptures in the New Testament that says, if you ask anything in my name, my Father will do it. Then there's another scripture that says, if you ask, we will do it. In the Greek there, it refers to this. If you need something from God, ask him. He'll give it to you. And if he doesn't have it, he will make it. God is still in that, in, in putting, putting new hearts and bodies. I said heart attack, dealing with cancer. My mom is cancer-free. The miracle of God. God is she's pneumonia free. She's cancer free. She came home with a what she felt like was a bad report. The doctor said she has scoliosis. Her her vertebrae is so deteriorated they can't perform surgery. It was a band-aid surgery. They were looking forward to getting her back healed. And she was all distraught. I said, Mom, I said, this is good news. We know now how to pray. We know, and the same God that healed the cancer, the same God that healed the pneumonia, the same God that brought your blood pressure from 60 over 30 to 120 over 81, that same God is able to touch your back and heal your scoliosis. And we, we believe that. But sometimes we have to build ourselves up in the faith. We, we brag on the Lord one to another. Remember when God did this. Remember when God did that. The negative, the critical, no, we choose not to remember that. We push it aside and we press towards a mark, a place that God has for us to receive everything that he wants us to have. When you talk about a positive mindset, this is a crazy story in the Bible. I want to bring attention to a couple, a couple of things in the Bible. This is a story where God has found a king that loves him and praises him and worships him. And God's favor is upon this king. Jehoshaphat had the favor of God. Let me tell you something. When God marks you, there are those that are determined to bring you down, tear you down, trash you, beat you up, run, run their mouth, try in every single way they can to hurt you. When you're marked by God and walking in the favor and the blessing of God. And Jehoshaphat was one of those kings. He was marked by God. And when Jehoshaphat was trying to rule the people of God in the right way, there was attack that came against him. 2 Chronicles 21 talks about two nations coming in, in different directions. Then all of a sudden, there's a third nation that they haven't identified it yet that's also coming against Jehoshaphat. So here he is. He's got three armies coming against him to destroy him. Yet in the middle of this chapter, Jehoshaphat will prophesy and say, Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe also his prophets, so shall you prosper. Now, it's ironic in the middle of the chapter, they're under, they're under a death threat. They're under annihilation, extermination, genocide, that Jehoshaphat would reference something concerning prosperity. Jehoshaphat, we don't want to talk about prosperity. We want to talk about living. Those guys have swords and spears and chariots. They are going to hurt us. They're going to kill us, and they're going to destroy us. And here you are giving us some kind of hyper-faith promise that God's going to prosper. We don't care about prosperity. We just want to live. But aren't you glad God always sees a matter, walks all the way through it, then comes back and takes us through it where the end is always good. He knows the plans. He has for us plans to bless us. And sometimes what you feel is your problem is simply just a nudge that God is pushing you in another area of problem solving to be stronger, better, and to be more affable and more equipped and, and better used in things of God. Am I talking to anybody 
in the building. As you, I was, I was going to read, but I won't. I was going to read this uh, entire chapter, but here's what happens. The, the people of God <coughs> find out they're under attack. And so Jehoshaphat begins to pray. Thirty-three years ago, I was a part of the International Gospel Association of Ministries, and I traveled with the president and vice president of that ministry. To we went to Hong Kong, we went to Tokyo, went to Seoul. Went to Seoul. There were about six or eight students that had done their thesis, their dissertation, and they were prepared to be awarded a doctorate. And what was so ironic is that everybody on this platform to honor were all doctors except me. I think I have an associate. I'm, I think I'm four hours away from my bachelor's, but God used me to talk to a bunch of doctors to encourage them and bless them. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember if, if they were blessed. I don't remember if it was good or bad or it was through a translator. So who knows what the translator said? He probably said what he wanted to say, just ignore it. You never know the translator. You never know what they are saying. But I do know one of the guys that came to accept his doctorate, he made a little speech that I never forgot. He pointed to us, all the white people on the platform, he said, in America, when you read the Bible, you read it like this. But here in Korea, when we read the Bible, we read it like this. In other words, they read the Bible with a yes expectation. English, we read the Bible with a negative expectation. And I'll give him that. It was a good little trivia, good little. But then I, I went to this chapter in, in, in Chronicles 20 and verse 1 through verse 20. And as they are surrounded, as the enemy is getting ready to destroy them, Jehoshaphat will ask God three questions. And watch this. I wrote down here, ask God questions that can only be answered in the affirmative. Does that help anybody? Jehoshaphat asked God, are you not the God who is in heaven? And by God acknowledging, yes, I'm the God that is in heaven, that means he takes care of us. The sunlight, the, 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 the tides of the ocean, the 24-hour, everything God does, he takes care of it. Yes, I'm the God of the heaven. Did you not drive the inhabitants of this land out and give them to your people? Well, yeah, I did that. That was something that I did. I, I did that. And then it says, will you not judge those that's come against us or try to hurt us? Well, those are all yes answers. So I have learned in life that when things begin to go wrong or things begin to go scary, or things, I'll simply begin to remind God what he did for me. Well, God, do you remember when I fell off the cliff? You spared my life. When I flipped the four-wheeler, you spared my life. Remember when I got married, you, you, you healed my marriage. When I got on drugs, you, got, you delivered me. Remember financially how you blessed me. And when you start reminding God of the good things that happened for you in your life, something in your persona, something in your, your attitude changes, and you realize if he did it once, he will do it again. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God says, get dressed for battle, stand your ground, and let me fight. And when they go to battle, did exactly what God got their, got their armor on, stood their ground. One army turned against the other army and destroyed one another. And the remnants of that army turned against the third army 
And the Bible says that when, when they went to the battlefield, there was not one single warrior alive. God killed every single one of the enemy. You got to realize in those days, there were not safe deposit boxes. There were no safes. There were no banks. You couldn't trust anybody at home because you were all heathen. So when they went to war, they took their prosperity with them. When they went to war, they took their jewelry, they took their gold, they took their fine linen. The Bible says that when they walked on this battlefield, they could not carry away all of the spoil. It said it took them three days to carry away the spoil. How would you feel if tomorrow you got a letter in the mail from Walmart? And Walmart said, you are, you are our hundredth millionth customer and we're going to allow you for three days for you to take anything you want out of Walmart. Okay, can you imagine how your pile of loot would be? Can you imagine how many flat screens you would have? Can you imagine how many deer rifles you'd have? Can you, I'd, I'd take every bullet and not let Obama get a one of them. Hello. I would go to the bike section. I'd go to the salt water section and get a bunch of salt. I mean, I mean, think of it. Three days, okay, 24 and 48 and, and 58, 68, 72 hours. 72 hours to take anything you wanted out of what, what a blessing. And you did nothing to deserve it except you were just a child of God. It took them three days to take away. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And when the end time comes to finance that, God will turn the wealth of the wicked back to the righteous. This is the year of divine appointment. This is a year of raises and blessings and favor. I believe it. I believe 2016 is going to be an incredible year to bless you, to bless the church, so we can do some things that God wants done in this city. Your car technically has three speeds. It has forward, it has reverse, and has neutral. It's just as easy to put it in forward as it is to put it in reverse. When you wake up in the morning, you, God does not want you in neutral on the fence. He wants you doing something. Be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. He wants you involved in something. You've got to, you've got to make a decision. But when you wake up in the morning, you realize that there are declarations that may or may or not be in your may or may not be in your life, but they need to be. I read a story about a little boy that said to himself, "I'm the best hitter in the world." He threw the ball up. And he Missed it, strike one. Wendy said, I'm telling you, I'm the best hitter in the world. And he threw it up in the air, swung at it, missed it, strike two. He said, I'm the best hitter in the whole world. Threw up the third ball, strike, missed it, strike three. You know what he said? I'm the best pitcher in the world. I'm the best pitcher in the world. I remember a story of a little boy that had a little red wagon, and the wheel kept falling off, and it was so frustrating. So he's pulling the wagon on the sidewalk. In California, we have sidewalks, curbs, and gutters. He's pulling the wagon on the sidewalk in front of the church, and the wheel falls off, and he says, darn. He puts the wheel back on, pull a little far. The pastor's out there watering the flowers, and, and the wheel falls off again. And the little boy says, double darn. And the pastor says, son, when bad things happen, don't say darn. Don't say, say praise the Lord. Say thank you, Jesus. Just get, get excited. Get excited. Good things are happening. And so he puts the wheel back on. And he, and he pulls the wheel, and the wheel falls off. The little boy says, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, glory to God. And the wheel jumps back on the wagon, the wagon's healed. The pastor's watching all of this, and he says, darn.
man had been living in the city for years and years and years, right on the outskirts, was sitting on his porch. Station wagon full of people pulled up to his porch and says, hey, we're moving to your city. We just, you know, before we get to the city, just want to kind of know what kind of city is it. And the old man said, well, let me ask you, what, what was the city like that you came from? And I was lousy. Everything was, it was lousy. The restaurants were crummy. The school system was lousy. The police, it, was, it was just a lousy place to live. And he said, you know what, this is pretty much the same. And they drove on. A couple hours later, here come another station wagon full of people moving to the city. They jump out and say to the old man, hey, we're moving to your city. What kind of, what kind of city is it? He, he said, well, what was the last city you came from? Oh, it was great. We had great restaurants, great schools, great. It was just a, it was just a great city. He said, this city is about the same. You, you make or break what the city. I wrote, I wrote down here on my notes. It says, your circumstances don't make you negative. It's how you handle them that makes you negative. There are people in this world, one-third of the world is going to bed hungry. One out of every five Americans are dying of throat cancer. There are people in this world <coughs> that would love to have the job that frustrates you. There are people in this world that would love to have your wife, even if she won't cook or clean. There are people in this world that would love to sit in a car stuck in traffic. They'd love to have their own car and sit in traffic. There are people who would love to have your husband, even if he gets on your nerves. There are people who would love your house, even though you think it's too small. When you begin to look at the, the, the fate of others, you begin to realize how blessed you really are. Uh, two guys got dumped at the altar on their wedding day. One guy went, took his life. The other guy went, wrote another somebody, done somebody wrong song, and made a million dollars. Two men looked through prison bars. One saw mud. The other saw stars. Positive mindset. Can we pray? Thank you for the worship today. Thank you for the sound crew. Thank you for those that worked on the church yet. Thank you for all those that made this, this moment possible. Thank you for humor. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for healing. Thank you for resurrection power. Thank you that we are here listening, speak, and your servant listens, and we will follow up on that word. Let today, let there be a nudge. Let there be a, let there be a, a, a pat on the back. Let there be a, a, good, a good feeling, a good, we do have a car. We do have a house. We do have this. We do have that. You are a faithful, faithful God. In Jesus' name, as we conclude today, I couldn't help but reflect yesterday as I was thinking about some of the testimonies and some of the different ways that God intervened. Obvious, uh, Mish Kid is a miracle. She is a she is a miracle. She, like like the father said, you were dead, but now you're alive. Melinda Walden was declared dead 27 times. John Parker, 27 times. Matt and some of the other guys, Tommy was out. They couldn't get into the emergency room. They got outside and they put their hands in that cold, gray concrete blocks and declared her alive. And she is alive today. Received a phone call about five years ago. Two little boys, eight years of age, fell, fell in the swimming pool. Both of them drowned. 
the grandmother called this house. We immediately got our prayer team going, prayer wars going. On the way to the hospital in the ambulance, the eight-year-old boy woke up and is still alive today. I think about years and years ago, someone that was very close to us, a part of our body, found herself in a place she shouldn't have been. And some bad people drugged her and meant to do some really bad things to her. Somehow she managed to get to her car and she just drove off and parked in a church parking lot and called. Did not know where she was under attack. We prayed. I got in the car. I drove the back way to Udawal. And of all the crazy things, there on the side where I didn't know there was a church there was her car. We, we, we found her. We rescued her today. She's healthy, whole, great job, great house, great car. That's how faithful God is. And you know what? If he did it then, he can do it now. If he did it, he will do it again. I'll give the Lord a hand clap. Don't you thank him for his goodness and his mercy? I'm going to give you a chance to sow in the kingdom of God. We are in the process. God has been very good to us. We're in the process of wiping out one leak at a time, and we are, we're on it. We completely, uh, the, actually, Todd and Josh and Richard, covered the entire back with a 30 by 50 top, healed that. We're putting in new ceiling tiles. We're restoring everything. We're going to start working on these right here. Uh, there is a group out of Knoxville that is very interested in our 16 acres. They're going to powwow this week, so we will see what happens, what takes place. But there could be, 2016 could be the year of a brand new sanctuary, a brand new facility, a brand new name, and a brand new hope, a brand new hope. How good, how good is God? If you need an offering envelope, we have a, uh, because of the weather, obviously, electric bill is a little higher than it has been. Uh, we need to write a check tomorrow for that full amount. I think it's almost $1,500. Pastor Ron was at the amount this, this month, 15 You know what? That's, that's a lot better, though. We're obviously cutting back somewhere. But uh, So we, we bless your offering. We bless you, and we encourage you to have a great week. It is 10 minutes till 10. We beat the Baptist to Cracker Barrel. We beat the Baptist to Cracker Barrel. Hug a neck, shake a hand, bless somebody. So is he. We love you with the love of the Lord. Happy birthday, Josh.